is that when it comes to this talk about connection and confidence to God, our tether will never fail. (laughs) Joseph and Mary, even though they were in a situation where they probably could have, in all sense and, and purposes, felt alone, that connection that they had with God was not separated. It was strong. They were never alone at all, in fact. Because even at that moment, when they're making their way into that, into that place where Jesus would be born, the heavens were declaring this event to common, ordinary shepherds. And they were also declaring this event to uncommon and extraordinary wise men, educated, scientifically-minded men all of whom eventually made their journey to be with this family in the midst of this moment that we know as the Christmas miracle. These people comforted them, they supported them, they provided for them, because this was the child that that was prophesied back in Isaiah. We, We heard it a little earlier, whenever it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. We've been talking about God with us this entire series, and that's what Emmanuel means. God with us. What, what Isaiah is trying to let his people know here, I, <clears throat> I wonder if those people who heard this, this first prophecy were thinking, what is he talking about? We know after the fact, but I think what Isaiah is doing here is he's letting God's people know that he is with them because up to this point in Isaiah God had been with with his people uh, almost like in, in spirit really um, he's his, his presence was spiritual he'd voiced his his words and and uh, um, you know voiced his his attention through prophets through priests through kings but now a prophecy says he's going to live with them So today we're going to celebrate Emmanuel. We're going to celebrate the fact that God is with us. And when we leave this place here in just a few minutes, my hope is that you do so with confidence. Confidence in the knowledge that God not only is with us, but he has been and will always be with us. Let's pray. God, thank you. We love you. We are so thankful and Sometimes words pale in comparison to how thankful we are that you have chosen to love us. Lord, we pray this morning that you would speak through me, your flawed servant, that you would allow us to hear the things you want us to hear and and leave with today. We pray that no matter where we are, whether here, whether at home, Lord, that we can pay attention to the word that you're speaking today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're going to go to a little different passage today. Turn to 2 Samuel chapter 7. That's where we're going to be. 2 Samuel chapter 7. I'm going to read from from 2 to verse 11, and and then I'm going to skip down a little bit and read verse 16. So to set it up, King David had finally achieved a full kingdom 
Um, he, had, he had received the promise God had, had, had given him. In fact, he had, had taken Jerusalem, uh, not with the entire Israeli army, but with his elite group of, of uh, soldiers, probably his mighty men. He took Jerusalem. If you ever wondered why Jerusalem's called the city of David, it's because he took it. It's his. <laughs> That's a bold accomplishment. But that doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about. It's just pretty cool to me. Uh, the city of David is, is he's, he's, he's here and he's finally found rest from his enemies. He can be king now. And so what is the very first thing he does? Well, he, I think he wants to pay God back. Say thanks. So this is what, he, this is what happens. He says this. Uh, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a house of cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it for the Lord is with you. But that night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying, go and tell my servant David. This is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I was, then from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the, the Israelites that I ever say to any of their rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone. And I have cut off all of your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning. And have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all of your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. In verse 16, your house and your kingdom will endure forever. Before me, your throne will be established forever. So many... Uh, moments of prophetic words in scripture and they don't even realize that 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 was true then and it's true to come at the outset David's idea is good I want to pay God back God why don't you just live with us I'll make you a house and Nathan even thought it was a good idea sure whatever your hand finds to do go ahead and do it but then you know there's a little twist whenever God says oh hang on a second did I ever ask your ancestors for a house did I ever ask them I've been with you this whole time been with you since the beginning I've been traveling with you he says I've been moving with you you know even today some people think God uh, is rigid and immovable this tells us otherwise tells us that God has always been willing to move with us. 
we are presented with the image of a God who is adaptable, who is constantly ready to pull up stakes and, and to move with us and go where we go, sleep where we sleep, uh, endure the same harsh elements that we endure, ready to endure the wind that blows into our eyes and, and tears the roofs off of our shelters and our homes. He indirectly tells David, I've always been here with you. I've always been with you. God has always been Emmanuel. Always been with us. And what I love is that you know, God was very much at home in this mobile tent. Now, I'm not a camping expert. Talk to David. You know, I'm, 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 I'm green. But I do know that tents are probably a little bit well, they've adapted over the years. You know, we have several tents and these ideas of, of uh, you know, things that we saw a long time ago, you know, how, how if you're going to make a tent mobile, sometimes it was, it was an event. It was an experience trying to pack up and, and put, it, put it back. You know, you have our Native Americans. They had tents that they moved all across this great land. You know, but moving a heavy and cumbersome tent may not be the most practical thing to do. You know, as people have gotten more mobile, tents have been made more light, you know, lighter, more movable, and uh, more glamorous. This is how Shelly and I really like to, to tent. We'll camp with you if this is our accommodation. Glamp, isn't that what they're calling? But it's funny because as, as people have started to do this more as recreation, tents have kind of been uh, changed a little bit. To be mobile, they need to be a little lighter got to be able to carry them in your backpack so today what happens is people sacrifice fragility for mobility now granted a lot of the newer tents are relatively durable but there are some things that you have to have a lot of faith in for example when it comes to cliff tents you've got to have a lot of faith that that couple of millimeter thick fabric is going to keep you tethered to that mountain a lot of faith isn't it <laughs> oh it makes my hands sweat but what I want to remind you of is that just because something seems fragile doesn't mean it is just because it seems fragile doesn't mean that it's not strong enough to keep you safe so God's tent had traveled with David and his ancestors and had kept them safe from the very beginning. And he tells them that. And David didn't have to make a house for God because God was going to make David into a house. David and his family into a house. His whole people into a house. A house that God could dwell in and live with forever. God kept his promise leading Israel for hundreds of years and, and God kept his promise. And even though many of, of, of Israel's leaders led them, their people, down some very dark roads, even to destruction, God was still there. Even at that moment when you thought Israel was going to be conquered, God still kept a remnant safe. And you know where he kept them safe? Inside the hands of their enemy. God could keep you safe anywhere because he's God God rescued them and even when they wavered when they were they, they found a little bit of independence they wavered back and forth on whether they should or should not follow God God still stayed close this holy tether that kept them connected 
Even when they couldn't hear from him for several hundred years, that little blank space in the middle of your Old Testament and New Testament, even when he couldn't hear them, they couldn't hear him for a couple hundred years. It didn't mean he'd left. He was still with them and compassionate, taking care of them. And he had such compassion and empathy that he decided finally to give his people a living tether. He chose to live with them and to travel with them alongside of them, but not in a tent made of fabric and wood, but one of flesh and bone. And he chooses this young, fragile, seemingly fragile girl to bring him into the world. In Luke 1, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, her cousin, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, someone who is from David's household. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I love that last little sentence. From the beginning, I think God wants Mary to know, I am with you. You are highly favored. This means God had been paying attention to her. What kind of confidence would that give a young, seemingly fragile girl to know that God pays attention to her? And if you thought and knew that God was paying attention to you, how would that shape your actions or your choices or your confidence? God paid attention to Mary, and he's still paying attention to us even today. So the story of this birth is not simply about a child being born. It's the story of God breaking into the world's everyday life. It's when the baby was born, the angels sang, people were amazed, the powers of the world trembled. Because God had fulfilled his promise to be with us, to walk with us, to be next to us. But I still know that there are people who still feel as if they are alone. Some of you may even be in this room. You may not realize God is favoring you, paying attention to you. And you may not know that His Spirit is still here, trying to break into your everyday world, desperately pursuing you, calling you. But He has been. He's been trying to pursue you your entire life. I just did a funeral for one of my good friend's father. Uh, I was in Houston. It was last week. And the one thing about Ken is he was a good man sometimes. But a lot of times he was difficult. And his family, they knew that. They weren't going to try to paint a different picture after he passed. <laughs> but whenever I spent time with my friend, I never knew a day that went by that he did not pray for his father to believe in Jesus. One of the most faithful men I knew praying for his father. And then one day when, when his dad was nearing 70, he calls him and he says, well... 
God's been doing too many things that I can't seem to ignore, so I think it's time. And I got to be there. It was a great moment. Now, he still struggled the last 13 to 15 years of his life. We all agreed that Ken was God's project. And I think with some people, it takes a little bit more time to craft than others. But he died knowing Jesus. And so as we're standing there, we're kind of talking together, telling stories, uh, the pieces of the puzzle started to fit together and we started to realize just how many people God had placed in this man's life his whole life and we started recounting stories and we started seeing beloved people gracious people kind people forgiving people patient people and probably a few angels to boot in there somewhere all overwhelming him even in those moments when he's not so nice with the love of God so much so that one day he just couldn't he couldn't ignore it anymore and he chose to believe God had been pursuing this man his entire life and in those moments whenever he felt dark and alone he never was God had been pursuing him pursuing him and what I love is that now Ken is with God and if you want to know why God is desperately wanting to be with us it's because he so desperately wants us to one day be with him and what I love is that Ken was not an anomaly he was one soul in the midst, in the sea of six billion people that God absolutely adores. You are still counted among those people that, that Jesus came to live with and to love and to save. God promised to be with you no matter what. No matter where you go, he still wants to be with you. And whether you are going to the highest mountain, whether you find yourself in the lowest valley, whether you walk in the brightest boulevard or, or go to those darkest corners of this earth, God is pursuing you to be with you. And he's doing everything he can to show you just how much he loves you and wants to spend eternity with you. He's exchanged this, this tent for one of flesh and bone and his spirit is still here willing to be with us, to live in us, in our flesh and bone. He's here to stay. And when we choose to invite him into our life, we're going to realize that he's been there all along trying to get our attention. And when we realize once and for all that we are not alone, there is nothing that cannot be done. No fear that can keep us from doing what we need to do, from, from, from doing good. There's, uh, there's the ability now to walk this difficult road because we know that God has, is, and always will be with us. And he's with us so that one day we can be with him.
So this week, I'm going to encourage you, share this story. Share this good news, because it's good news, because we aren't alone. Take confidence in this. We are not alone. God is with us. And my, my prayer for you as we move into this week is to celebrate this. This is not just another moment to get gifts. This is a moment to celebrate because we are not alone. Amen. Let's pray as the team comes up. We're going to sing in just a moment. If y'all need prayers, I am here. Our elders will be here. If you would rather pray with with a lady, uh, some of our elders' wives will be around the room. We would love it if you could take us up on that. Let us pray for you and bless you. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for breaking into our life, for giving us the opportunity, Lord, to have you as our traveling companion in this road of life. Thank you, God, for being with us, for for telling David so long ago that, that you were going to be with him and establish your kingdom forever through him. Thank you for that. Thank you for not, you know, backtracking on your promise, but fulfilling it in such an amazing way. Lord, help us this week to be confident as we share the story with others, knowing that, that, that you're doing something. Lord, each person we come in contact with, you're pursuing each person, Lord, as nice and as unkind as they are, you desperately want them. You want to be with them, to help them, to love them. Help us, Lord, to share the story with confidence. We love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and let's sing.